Hello, everybody. My name is Rick Napier. I'm the founder of Real People USA. And uh, I started Real People USA for two reasons. The first reason was I noticed about uh, six, maybe 10 congressional candidates running for office. And I had a chance to work with about four of them. And for the most part, the majority of them lost because they did not really reach out to what I consider the most important constituency they have, which is business owners. So it's, it's, it's just, um, it's a coincidence that now we have a business owner tonight that's gonna tell her story. The second reason why I started Real People USA is to have conversations with regular people who are dealing with all the stuff that's going on across the country. And so today I want to introduce as a guest, uh, Angela Marston. She's the owner of Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon in Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. And for people not familiar with Los Angeles, uh, Sherman Oaks sort of starts around the 101-405 freeway area. And it's a, it's a highly congested area. Uh, it used to be a lot of fun. It used to be a, a great area to just be in and dine and, 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 and seek entertainment. When I worked in corporate America, my office was in Woodland Hills, not too far. And it's just sad what's going on with a lot of business owners and, and Californians in general. So without any delay, I would like to introduce to our Real People USA listeners, Angela Marston. Good evening, Angela. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, considering the circumstances. I have a few questions yeah. for you, and I want to thank you for your time. I know you've been probably talking to a ton of people all day. I talked to your assistant earlier today, and she said that you had a CNN person or CNN crew in front of your restaurant. Yeah, um, I am um, overwhelmed with how many people that that want to hear the story and more more in awe and overwhelmed with the outreach of people from all over the world and all over the country it brought me to tears um it's been it's been a whirlwind it really has wow. been a crazy time and, and it has restored faith in in people and hope for me it's it's it is it's mind-blowing how many people are going through this and they they need help and how many people care and are supporting um, supporting us after that video I, it's it's unbelievable to me you know yeah and for folks not aware there was a video that came out I think Friday or Saturday and it showed mm -hmm. uh, Angela's uh, grill and saloon her restaurant and entertainment location mm -hmm. and she set some tables out for outside dining across the parking lot about 15 to 20 feet away was another area set up for a Hollywood crew that was going to have some like, like some catered food or something uh, right next to her location. And, and it's just just like you said, Angela, it was a slap in the face. Big slap. In yeah, the face. I mean, it was hard. It, it, it's hard to describe the feeling of that day. Um, you know, it was a big slap in the face. It was and not just for me. I mean, mind you, that was the day I was giving out last paychecks and um, bags of food to my employees. And they had to drive through and see it as well after they'd just been told right before the holidays that they no longer have a job. And it was shocking and 
like I said, my emotions, I, I, I came in and tried to hold it together for them, but then I just started crying and I, and I couldn't hold it together and I got mad and I just was like, I've got to show people this. Like, I got to, how are these people making these rules? Like, where is, what is going on? Have they even thought about what they're doing to people? You know, it's, it was, it, you know, it, the whole process since day one has been an emotional roller coaster, need, needless to say. But um, wow, that was wow. a hard, it was a hard day. Well, I just want to let you know that uh, this um, show, Real People USA, is dedicated to what you have to say. I'm only going to talk maybe 10% of the time. So I'm going to give you 90% of the time to talk about uh, some questions that I have. So, so let's begin. My first question is, who is Angela Marston? Marston <laughs> where were you born? Uh, any college? Just tell us about yourself. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know what? I'm, a, I'm originally from Indiana. I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I um, don't have much college. I, you know, I grew up, my mom worked in a bread factory. My father, um, my stepfather raised me, and he worked in um, a, pla a warehouse, like, handling frozen foods that would go out to restaurants like Kentucky Fried Chicken and stuff. And, and um, they were really all about, you know, you you get you do what you love and you work your way up you know and and so i i went to dental school for a year um but i started waiting tables when i was 15 years old um mm -hmm. i worked at a drive through at dairy queen and started at bob's big boy and i've been in the restaurant industry now like 30 33 years mm -hmm. um um and um so yeah so um i i've I've always been in the restaurant industry. I, I took a break before I um, got involved with the Pineapple Hill and went into real estate. And um, obviously, you know what happened there. The market, real estate market crashed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I was also, you know, I had been doing the restaurant industry for so long. I, I needed a break. I'd owned another place before that that I got out of. Um, and um, I just started having dreams of, I know this sounds silly, but um, waiting tables, and I mm -hmm. used to love to serve breakfast and pour coffee and talk to people, and I was happy in my dreams, you know. And I was like, you know I what, you. I need to go back to, you know, mm -hmm. I need to go back to what I what what I know. Like I was missing it, and um, and then there was a bunch of other events with the market housing market crashing at that time, and a friend of mine who is a silent partner with me, his sister was diagnosed for, with cancer. Um, and, um, and she had a little boy, she was 32 years old. She had stage four lung cancer and, um, she had a, a, a little boy that was, you know, a year and a half, two years old and they were lifelong friends of mine and I was helping raise money for them. Um, and he said, you know, Ange, if I can get us a loan, why don't we go, why don't you get another bar? You know, he's known, he knew me for 20 years. He's like, it's what you do best. And the housing market's going bad and I'm going to need help with, you know, taking care of my sister. And I said, all right, Chris, it's, let's do it. Let's, let's go out and find a place. And it's ironic because I had owned the place before that I owned was down the street. It's now the Oaks. At the time I had it, it was the green frog. And I got a, I had that, um, I was married. I had that with uh, my husband. I'm divorced now, but at that time, and I all, I wanted to buy the pineapple hill then and somebody else had bought it it wasn't for sale and so ironically and during this time the pineapple hill was for sale again and um i was lucky because the owner 
didn't want to sell it to anybody that wouldn't keep the kitchen staff or keep the wait staff and that would change it. And I didn't know that, but when we started negotiating for it and talking about it, you know, I told her, look, uh, neighborhood pubs are the heart, the heart of the community. It's what I'm about. I'm not going to change because she asked me. I didn't know why she was asking. She's, I said, I'm not going to change anything. And she said, well, will you get rid of the, the kitchen staff? My kitchen staff's been here since the day it opened in 1978. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm the third owner. This place has been here since 1978. Mm-hmm. And it holds so much memories and love for people. We have plaques on our booth now that I started when, you know, when I took over 10 years ago of people that have been coming here since the 80s that, you know, have passed away, but they come with their same group of friends and they sit and dine and, you know, so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I, I ended up with the pineapple and, you know, and I, you know, I'm spiritual, you know, believe in God, whatever you want to say. Um, and I, and I just said, God, you know, let me, let me take this and let me use this to make change and help the community. Like, that's why I wanted this place. You know, that's what my intent was taking over this place. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we do, we do baseball teams, softball teams. We do chair, we do bad, we did bad Santa fundraiser every year. I mean, we, we raised, I think the highest we raised was like $10,000 one, one Christmas for an orphanage in Guatemala. We, uh, you know, there's a lot of elderly out there that are regulars that have nobody and this is their home. Um, it's just really an amazing family here at the pineapple. And, um, and I'm, and I'm blessed to be, be able to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. or was. So tell us about the ambiance. I mean, I, when I saw pictures that I found online, it looks like it was a, um, a restaurant grill and it looks like you have some entertainment like people doing live performance? Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, Maui Sugar Mill, I don't know if you know that place, but it's amazing and it's all about entertainment. We, over the years, have tried to evolve. You know, when minimum wage went up, that already started wiping out restaurants and bars. And mm-hmm. so you got to get creative. And I love the community and I love actors and musicians and writers. And so we, um, yeah, we had a band come in on Saturday mornings. That was fun. Um, they were really good too. <laughs> um, and we did uh, trivia on Tuesday nights. We were very well known for trivia. We had many famous people come in for trivia. Um, and we just did all kinds of creative things like that, you know? Wow. So my next question is, okay, so when the COVID-19 announcement was, was, was uh, communicated to, to the community back in March, 2020, what was your initial thoughts when you, when you heard about that? I mean, were you like, oh, you know, we, we have to do something so that everyone is protected? Or what was going through your mind? Well, I mean, honestly, what you, the first thing that goes through your mind is, oh, my gosh, how, am I, how what am I going to do? How, am I, how is my business going to survive this? Obviously, because everybody's, all, you know, your first priority is can I pay my rent? Can I eat? What, you know, what about my staff? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, initially when it started, you know, it was just supposed to be a couple of weeks, the lockdown. Um, I personally, I mean, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I've had tuberculosis, mm. um, which it, it's never really cured. They just suppress it. So 
you know, I can't do a lot of immune suppressant drugs or anything because it can reactivate. And my lung specialist was telling me, you know, you can't go out in the public. You got to stay home. And I was just like, okay. You know, but I thought it was going to be a couple weeks. You know, that's what they were saying. I mean, I kind of knew deep down it was going to be more, but you're hoping, you're hoping and hoping and praying that the information they're giving you is, is right, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. after that, how long did it take for you to have doubts about uh, Garcetti's and, and the LA County Public Health Department and that, uh, that person, Barbara Ferrer, and her motives of, of disrupting or and, lock, and locking down Los Angeles? So how long did it take you to realize this is not going to uh, just be two weeks and this could last much longer than two weeks? Well, I think this is the, okay, so this is the frustration of the business owners in this community and the small business owners. And I, I, I'm not saying just me, you know, uh, they're, the, the spas, the hair salons, but there, I have friends that own bars that don't have food that have not been allowed to be open for nine months. They won't even let them work with a food truck. I can tell you 10 bars in this community or, or at least five right now off the top of my head that probably will never reopen again. And they are bars that are the staple of this community that have been around for years. And so, I mean, in the, and, you know, I think for me and the people that did make it as far as I made it, cause you know, I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, it, you know, early in, I started having doubts about what was going on because I was being, I felt, um, I felt it was harassment. You know, maybe they were trying to do their job. I, I, I don't know, but it's like, you know, we went to takeout first. Then I had, you know, pe somebody calling and saying that I had people dining in. So the city was calling me and they were coming down to check on me. Now, you've just reduced my income by 90%. I'm terrified. I'm doing everything I can. And now I got to be worried that they're going to shut me down because they think people are dining inside, which they were not, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just, it was one, like that happened, you know, and then I'm like, all right, well, they're just, you know, they're trying to do the right thing because not everybody was following the rules, you know. Um, so that, that goes. And then, you know, then they said, oh, you can do liquor. You know, we don't sell liquor to go. But now I'm taking pictures of every bottle I have. I'm trying to compete with liquor stores. I'm trying to figure out all this stuff. And um, they're doing undercover uh, stings. And apparently a Grubhub driver uh, dropped off a bag to somebody that was part of the sting. And I get a letter in the mail um, saying that my license could be in jeopardy because a minor was served. And I'm like, I, I don't really understand this because we carted the 40-year-old Grubhub driver that took the beverage. I mean, this is sounds like nothing. But if you can imagine, you've now reduced your staff. From 15 people to four people, you don't are not turning a profit, but you're staying open because you want to serve your community and you want to keep what people employed that you can. Like my kitchen staff, they were worried they wouldn't get unemployment. They, you know, they just got their citizenship and they were afraid that if they applied, it would affect their citizenship. That, you know, they were terrified. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
any little thing with a government agency coming and saying you're doing something wrong is the biggest stress in the world because of the stress you're already dealing with. I mean, in the beginning, they tried to say, you know, before they thought I had people indoor dining, they actually came at me and said I couldn't open because I wasn't a restaurant. And I knew that was a mistake. And, they, you know, I said, well, my license is a very old license, but the kitchen is, I've had a public health permit since 1978. You know, so that was the first thing. And then the people dining in. And then the undercover thing with Grubhub. I'm just like, you know, then I started having, like, what's going on here? You know, Mm -hmm. why would they make this so hard? Like, do they even know the stress? Like most people can barely take this stress. You add that on them and they, they fold. The sushi place next door closed. They couldn't deal. They, they're done, you know? Um, so I would say, yeah, I, it was really starting to get to me. And then they let us open up. But then we had, they let us, this is what I couldn't believe. They said we could open up the night before we could open up and then put on their website, you know, pages of things you had to do with plexiglass and everything. And fine, but why didn't you tell us five days ahead of time? <laughs> you know, and that was the same time, you know, right right around then I was frustrated and I thought, well, it's overwhelming. They don't know what they're doing. Like, now all along you're going, well, who's ever lived in a pandemic? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're not really thinking like, you know, you're not blaming anybody at that point. You really want people to be safe and you're really just doing the best you can, but you, you're just finding this stuff like, is this really, really, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, it's almost felt, you probably yeah. almost felt like you're being set up. Right. You know? And I, I mean, I, I felt that way. I don't know if I, I was, but yeah, you do, you feel that way. And, um, and, uh, you know, I figured maybe, I, I don't know. So we we got to open up inside, which was great. But then, you know, I went above and beyond any other, you know, there are other, Casa Vega did it right too. I mean, there were some that really did what I did, but I put plexiglass all around my bar. I built a to-go window in my front. I put it in the middle of my bar. I put gel everywhere. This costs money. Mm-hmm. And all along, I'm trying to get the PPP loan. I'm trying to get help. You know, that wasn't easy. You know, I'm spending money that nobody's going to pay me back for just hoping that it's going to be okay, you know. And um, so we open up and then um, right when we're supposed to open up, this is unbelievable. The week that they let us open up and told us the night before we were ready to open up, I think it was on like a Saturday, I think it was. I could have my days all mixed up. It's all been so crazy. The riots started, and we were put on curfews for the riots, and I had to board my business up. Oh, no. It's like, I, yeah, it's unbelievable, right? I'm just like, are you, are you kidding me? And then the following Monday, when all that looked like it was cleared, the electricity goes out in my entire block. Finally, I had 14 customers come, and they're like, we thought you were open. I'm like, well, the electricity went out of the entire block. I was like, oh my God, you know? And so we opened inside finally and business was taking off. We, we did very well. And then all of a sudden they shut us down and said, now, was that back in like August nope. or September or what month? That are we was talking before about? August. 
we're talking about uh, when was the BLM riots in the beginning when um, when oh, um, like ri- June, uh, July. Yes, June is right around June. Um, you know, and again, you're thinking like, yeah, I mean, you're not thinking anything's intentional. You're thinking they just don't know what they're doing. They have no idea with what they're doing and the timing of everything is just crazy. And, you know, it, you know, and, and, and yeah, it was, it was rough. And then they, then they, as soon as we start turning a profit inside, they shut us down and said we had to go outside. And here's my, here's my next question. Crazy. Here's my next question, Angela. Can you explain to people who may not be aware of what it what happens when a business is cut back to 25 or 50 percent occupancy? Because a lot of people who have never owned a business, they believe, oh, the business can still make money um, at 50 percent. They don't know. They don't know. So please explain what you went through when you were cut back. Because I think you, you alluded to that you, you, your profit margin dropped 90 percent. But please explain that so that everyone will know from a person who owns a business what happens when you cut back or you have a capacity at 25 and 50 percent. Well, first of all, when you're working in the um, bar and restaurant industry or a small business in particular in, in California, your margins are razor thin, razor thin. You know, so cutting back to 25 to 50%, you're hoping to break even or take a little bit of a loss that you can sustain until you get back to normal. Mm-hmm. So you're basically losing money every month. And, you know, numbers don't lie. I, you know, I have n- no problem being honest. I have a, a wonderful bookkeeper. I keep track of everything. You know, a lot of small independent um, bars and shops they don't because they can't afford that, you know, but, but for me, when we went to takeout and, and we were doing helping the hospitals too. So I was having people donate money and taking that money and buying food and taking it to the hospitals. I still reduced me down to 10%. So I, I lost 90% of my business in when I was doing to go. And by the way, to do Grubhub Postmates, in order to get people to know you as takeout, because we're not known as takeout, you're doing specials where you're reducing your prices to get more delivery orders. Mm-hmm. And that still is at 10, that's still a 90% loss. When you're at 25 to 50% and you're a restaurant or a bar, you're losing money every month. Mm-hmm. I was wow. losing in takeout, doing takeout 30,000 a month. I was going negative 30,000 a month. Um, well, this, no, luckily for me, what happened is we had some money left and then we did get the PPP and we took out a disaster loan for 150000 mm-hmm. And that's what we've been surviving on. I, 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 I'm a very conservative with my money. So, uh, you know, I live in a rent controlled apartment. I don't drive a new car. I was trying to pay, I, we took out a lot of money to buy the bar with interest and, and we were going to have it paid for actually this June, coming June. Oh, I worked, nice. for, I worked the first, I know, I worked the first two years, um, for no pay and worked as a bartender so we could pay things off and do some remodeling and, 
you know. So yeah, it's it's anybody doing 25 to 50% in a restaurant or bar of of their occupancy cannot is losing money. They're not making money, they're losing money. Wow, wow. Yeah, I I I've t- I've told people as a person that's um, you know, at econ you know, major in college and statistics, I said to myself, and I told others that small business owners are not um, making a lot of money, if any money, when they're cut back to 25, nope. 50%, because at 100%, like you said, the profit, the profit margins are razor thin. And then when you cut the right. occupancy down to 25 to 50%, then you have the owner pretty much working for free because you're trying to right. help the, the employees take home money so that they can have you know, right. money to pay to take care to take to their families. So and, and you're I, I, waiting I, for the winter months. Like for me, yes. I'm waiting for football to start and for the winter months to come because that's where you recoup all that money and you make a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's amazing through all this is, and I, I don't I hate to get off subject is the minimum wage was already putting restaurants out of business. One by one, they were closing because the minimum wage, they couldn't sustain the margins with the minimum wage. And, um, you know, I felt really lucky because I had a license where I could open actually very, very early. And so I thought I'm going to do soccer. And I'm, I actually, mm-hmm. March, I was going to launch breakfast and start doing soccer so that I could actually turn a profit and sustain through the $15 an hour wage that was going up. Well, Which, by the way, on small businesses, this is what upsets me about Mayor Garcetti and Newsom. We're in the middle of a pandemic. No small business is making money. And they allowed the dollar hike for small, smaller businesses to go up in June. Now, a dollar an hour hike with my normal 13 to 15 employees is almost an extra $3,500 a month between payroll taxes and, you know, and it went unsaid. They didn't bring it up. They didn't say we should freeze this pay hike for small businesses in the middle of this pandemic. They just said nothing. Nobody said nothing. And in June... Our payroll went up from fifteen dollars to sixteen dollars. No, it it went up to fourteen twenty five, and it will have another raise in January. Oh, I got we'll you. hit fifteen dollars an hour. It's yeah, a, so it to was get to a that progressive. Yeah, it was like a gradual right. increase to fifteen dollars. Never talked about it. Never came out and said we know that there's going to be a, a payroll hike on the smaller businesses in June. We're going to freeze that till after the pandemic. Nothing. Nothing. The, the, this is the, you know, the hits that we keep taking and taking and quietly taking because we don't want people to think we don't care about our employees and we don't want them to make money or we don't want people to think that, that we, you know, don't care about our customers and, and you know, in COVID and we're trying to open and, and not care about our customers. We care so much about our customers and our employees, you know. Wow. Wow. Well, here's my next question. I think I have like two or three left. Okay, so um, we've seen what has happened since the middle of, of March until now. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. I mean, as, a, as an American, that was always the, uh, that, that's, a, that's uh, some people's dream is to own a small business, uh, to, to be a business. Yeah, owner. it was my dream. 
yeah, to be. To, I didn't to go to college. To, I wanted yeah. to own. A, I wanted to own my own restaurant, my own bar. You know, and participate in this thing called life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, I, I I'm, well, a, I'm a military veteran, so I, I love those those three phrases: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How do you feel now, since March, and now do you feel that your 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 freedoms have been violated? You know, I um, I want to, I, I just want to say this because I, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten so much support, but then I've had a lot of backlash. You know, I, I've gotten death threats, if you can imagine. Um, I am, I know, I know COVID is real. I know that some people have died of it. I know that a lot of people haven't. I, and, and most every, I can speak for all the, the bars and, and, and restaurant owners that I know, I am willing to inconvenience some of my personal freedoms to keep people safe mm-hmm. if it makes sense and if the science is there. But at some point, you know, you have to say, this is America. And like, people have the right to try to live and, and survive. And, and, you know, what they're doing is um, nonsensical, you know, like it doesn't, I, I don't have a big fancy degree. It doesn't take a genius to say, Hey, instead of paying all these people unemployment to work, you know, and shutting, taking away our rights and making us stay in, why don't we pay the people that are vulnerable and the people that can't go out because they are at high risk to stay home. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't, it, it, how can it not make sense to these people, these politicians, aren't they, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be the ones that are more, you know, smarter and better than us and more intelligent. And like, they, they seem to break the rules all the time. No big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, how, if I, if I, you know, can figure this out, they must know. Like, mm-hmm. how can they not know? This is, you know, I, I, I never, to me, it's not about politics. It's about people. I don't care. You know, it, it just so happens it, there's Democrats in the office. If it were Republicans doing this, I would feel the same way. Absolutely. Like, this is common sense, you know, and, and, and I, we, we, we did grow up in America. And I, and I thank you for being a veteran. My, my, my uncle is a, a veteran. My grandfather was a veteran. You know, um, uh, I respect you and I, and I thank you for your service. And, and um, you know, I am privileged to have the rights that I have, and we all are. And that's why I, I, I finally got to a point where I was like, I got to say something. I got to tell the truth, you know. Th- this is, is not right. So have you heard from your local... A representative have has has somebody talked to you from the, in your in your district who runs or controls? I, I, I've, 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 no, I have not heard from my local representative. I know Mayor Garcetti um, responded to me in an art. I think New York Times. Um, you know, but here's the thing. I, I, again, because I have a local pub, the stories of business owners. I can tell you ten right now that'll make you cry. That are losing everything. I mean, even tattoo two shops, you know, I have a tattoo owner um, who, 
And by the way, none of the landlords are working with you on the rent. None of them have reduced the rent for anybody I know. One person mm-hmm. has a landlord that has. They're just tallying it up and telling you you got to pay it later, you know, or, you know, some people are getting eviction notices. You know, this mm-hmm. this gentleman tried to do tattoos under the table and got two two misdemeanors and a $10,000 fine and had to spend $40,000 on an attorney to get rid of that. And he's going out of state to do tattoos so that he can try to come up with money to save his business here. And he's like, Angela, I'm on the line with Newsom all the time. And they keep saying, we're in this together. He's like, who's we? I don't don't like that phrase. Who's we? (laughs) Who's we're in this together? Because there's this other half of us that we're not, we can't do what you're doing. So, so quit saying we, we're in this together because it's not true. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's either they fooled themselves. You know, I keep saying they're living in La La Land. They don't understand that even me with tuberculosis, I've had to work with the, 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 the public from day one and knock on wood, I haven't gotten it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been very safe with what I do. I do wear a mask. I do do gel. I do try to keep my distance. You know, I do the best I can. Occasionally, I, I will give a hug because people need people, you know. Yes. Um, we need, you know, I, you know, I hope, I hope, you know, that out of this, that's what people start to realize is how important, you know, it's not about politics. It's about people, how important connecting people are, you know, I have so many elderly that come in that have no family and, and, or no one checking up on them. And they come in, you know, I had a bartender that worked for me, Joe Coots, and I had this um, little old lady, she'd come in and she's by herself and she'd just come in just to talk to him, have him give her a hug. You know, they're not coming in for the hamburger. They, there's in and out that has a, by the way, in front of my parking lot that has 60 cars, I mean, 50 cars every day in it. You know, it, if somebody wants an In-N-Out burger, they can get it. They come to places like mine because they want to be around people and people that get to know them and care about them and look over them. You know, I hope that through this, this whole COVID pandemic, you know, people will start realizing how important connection is with each other. Personal connection, not internet connection, not I mean, the internet's great. It's awesome, but people need people. You know, I, I'm sorry. You struck a nerve with that because, uh, <laughs> as a consultant, I tell people all the time that, and this is just my opinion, and I know people have their own opinions about social media, but I, I tell people every day, when social media came out, that was like like the begin the beginning of people not connecting with with each other like they used to. Right. And feeling and that's why we have so much depression mm-hmm. and suicide. And, you know, when you lose that connection, you know, it, you know, we're human beings, you know, we were, we were made to connect with people, with each other. Right. And, so, um, yeah. So let me ask you, I got two more questions, or actually maybe three. Okay. So where are you right now with your business? Um, you know, right now, uh, again, I, I've been awed and humbled. We do have donations coming in. Um, and I don't know. I've got to sit back now because I, uh, you know, talk about numbers. Uh, I'll just rattle off some things real quick. 
<laughs> my, I always say numbers don't lie. They don't. Um, we, we spent 80, and, and by the way, this is loan money. We, all the, the PPP has been gone. That was gone in two and a half months. Now I know that will be forgiven. Thank God. Um, we have 30,000 we spent in indoor reservations, uh, uh, renovations for COVID to comply. We have 80,000 or 180,000 we spent on the outdoors and the patio combined. We're behind on rent, 60,000. We owe vendors 30,000. Uh, you know, the year loss is around, uh, $2,000 for me. And, um, you know, I want to open for to go because so many people are calling and, and they're wanting to support and I lose money. I lose money every month opening for to go. So I am hoping with the donations, I'm going to reassess, um, and with the calls, I'm going to reassess with my bookkeeper and say, you know, I know we may lose money, but I think that the public needs us open and try to open for to go um, next week. I don't know if I'll be able to because, again, we've got to look and say, hey, if we do this, you know, will we be able to reopen when it's time to be outside, you know? Um, so well, and, our, and, and our goal the, is I'm hoping that will happen, you know? And the great benefit you have being in Southern California is that in the wintertime, it doesn't get that cold that often. So, so, off, no. so outside dining is a, 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 a benefit to you as opposed to being up north where I am in Sacramento, where it's like, you know, 28 degrees at night. So that is a, well, a I a think benefit. people, people, what the amazing thing that, you know, good things come out of weird situations is we've always had a kitchen, but we were selling more liquor than food um, because people didn't know our food as much, but the ones that did loved it, you know? Since we've done outdoor dining, we've gotten even busier. We got we were getting even busier because all of a sudden people started recognizing us more as a restaurant and recognizing our food, and it flip-flopped. We were selling more food than alcohol. But again, that's the other thing. you got to pivot, pivot, pivot. You know, like Ireland's 32. I don't know if you know them or not. Mm-hmm. Very famous bar that's been around forever um, off of Burbank Boulevard. Um, they were always known for bands and bars, but they had a little kitchen and, um, they tried to pivot and they couldn't do it. You know, that just the ups and downs and the pivoting and the changes they keep throwing at us every, every month is, it's so much it seems like every people, week. they can't even get through it. Oh, oh my it gosh. It seems like it's every it's, week. It's uh, can you imagine I finally made a profit in October and not only did I make a profit, but I hired three new people two weeks before they did this and mm-hmm. shut me down. That's amazing. That's, that's so, that's so sad. Well, in closing, uh, I know that you need to definitely let people know about your, your GoFundMe account. So if you oh, have yeah. that link and I, I do have the link, so I will post the link okay. on the podcast uh, episode. But if you want to give people the information of how they can find you on GoFundMe, uh, that would be a good thing. Anybody listening, all, all I can say is, um, you know, thank you for caring. Thank you for listening. Um, we have a GoFundMe that's on our Instagram at Pineapple Hill Saloon. We have a GoFundMe on our Facebook page, which is PH Saloon. Um, I, you know, I'm on Twitter, but I don't think we have it up there. Um, and we appreciate any donations that you make. 
Um, it will go to help my staff. It will go to keep us open. Um, I promise you, I give you my word. Um, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the care and the love and, and, and my staff. My Tom, my security guard said, I lost faith in, faith in people and now I feel like a fool. This is like really, re it really has inspired him and given him faith in people again. And, you know, he was in tears. So um, thank you guys. And if you want to mail anything, you can mail it directly to the business. Um, we have a, a little um, mailbox they can drop it through. And that's 4454 Van Nuys Boulevard, Sherman Oaks, California, uh, 91403. And we're in the same parking lot as uh, In-N-Out. <laughs> and they make those, you make the checks to Pineapple Hill? Um, yes, you can make the checks to Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon or to the Maven Bar Group. Got it. Got it. Well, Angela, I want to thank you for your time this Sunday evening. I know uh, you've had quite a weekend. Uh, I know you've yeah, probably been, been talking to hundreds of people. So I want you just to get a good night's rest and let's just see what happens Monday morning. And we're going to cross our fingers and yeah. pray that all great things can you know happen and you know, we're going through the for Christmas season. For all the businesses, you know, for all the restaurants, you know, we're waiting on a hearing from the California Supreme Court. Yes. They told them that they had to provide, you know, a risk, risk you know, an, an assessment of um, the risk and proof that it spread through outdoor dining. And so, you know, fingers crossed, you know, Tuesday they come down with a good decision. And that's interesting because I know Kevin Kiley. Do you know that name? I don't know. Uh, Kevin Kiley is right across the uh, in the next city of Roseville, and he was the one that uh, took Newsom to court on the last victory that they had about thirty days ago. And uh, oh, so, awesome. what I will do, I will I will forward this uh, podcast interview to him, and I will also send your name and uh, number to Katie Grimes. She's the editor of CaliforniaGlobe.com, and she spends mm -hmm. a lot of time at the uh, state capitol. And she's one of the few people that is uh, uh, identifying all the things that are kind of like not correct <laughs> about California. I will definitely uh, forward Good your information her. to her. And she would probably love to write an article about uh, what's going on with you. Yeah, I would, you know, again, as many people that can hear, because I'm really speaking on the, the, the behalf of my bar, bar owner friends, in my restaurant community, you know, they, they, they really are, have high hopes that maybe now there's enough attention that somebody will do something, you know, somebody will help this community, you know? All right. Excellent. So anyway, again, thanks for uh, being a guest Thank on the you. Real USA uh, show and you have a great night. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Have a good night. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you.